You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. And today, I have a, a friend on with me. And I always say, you know, at the beginning, I, I do my little intro and say, as always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg. And that's true again today. But I was just thinking how great of a name Eric is. And I've always thought it to be a strong, you know, masculine name that, that shows authority and awesomeness. So we have on the line with us right now another person named Eric who has just such an excellent name, Eric Nysol. He is an accountant you know, who came out of the, the personal finance blogging world. That's how we connected at many, many FinCons ago, where we will see each other again in just uh, just about six weeks, five weeks, maybe. So, Eric, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Everybody says hello back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before we get too far into it, um, I always like to say personal finance should be personal. It shouldn't be stuffy or boring. And one way that I like to do that is by having a drink with my with my guests virtually. And I have right here a can of a fat tire. It's a, uh, it's one of my old standbys from Colorado. I actually got a, um, a cool pack at Costco, um, which if you live in Colorado, you can't get beer at Costco. It's a super bummer, but here in California, you can. And there was a pack of all different beers inspired by fat tire. And I've gotten to try like a, uh, a, like a wild, um, hoppy beer or like a wild yeast beer. There was a hoppier version, a sour apple version of all these different kind of different breweries takes on fat tire, which I thought was pretty cool. But right now I'm just going with the uh, the boring old original that I've been drinking for, we'll say since I've been 21. <laughs> what's, what's your, and uh, I was, before I was uh, prep the guests, I will say, you know, have a, have your favorite beer on hand. And Eric reminded me that he is not a beer fan, which I, I almost said, okay, I don't want you on the show if you don't like beer. But I thought, no, no, it, people... Don't have to have to be beer drinkers to uh, to have good finance information. But I know Eric has another favorite drink on hand. What are you drinking over there? I just have a glass of Jack Straight. Doing straight, no rocks, just neat. No, no, no rocks. Not a fan of ice in drinks unless it's one of those cheesy little plastic thingies that doesn't uh, melt into the drink because then it just <laughs> spoils the taste. And if you're drinking for a little bit of a buzz. Everybody knows watered down alcohol just does not do anything for you except make you spend more money. Speaking of personal finances. Totally. So if you want to save money, Eric says, drink your booze straight up with no mixers. (laughs) 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 All right. So, uh, so, so enough booze talk. Let's talk about this, this money stuff that we're all here about. So Eric, you started your business way back when you've had several jobs. Can you take us back in time? We're going to Tarantino it. Go back to the beginning. (laughs) in work to now. So where did you get started in this um, this accounting thing that led you to start your own business? Well, to be honest, it started when I was a kid because I would take all of my comic books and my trading cards and I would sit there with the collectible uh, price guides. So like Beckett's and, Almanac or yep, something. The, the Beckett Monthlies and the Wizard. <laughs> and... I would sit there and I would take those little pricing labels that you could buy in any office supply store and I would literally 
put the prices on the backs of all the cards and the comics and all that stuff. Put the sticker on the card? No, 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 no. Not on the card. I was going to say, I was going to say, this is like Cardinal Sin of collecting. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They they would all be inside of their, you know, protective uh, sleeves or bags, you know, depending on what the collectible was. But, you know, every month I'd sit there and I'd go through everything and I'd update the prices and see what it is and track how much I've, you know, how much I bought it for versus how much it's worth now and be like, oh my God, this thing's gone up so much. And, you know, from there, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, it's not like I intended to be, you know, an accountant all the way back then, but, you know, it was just that entrepreneurial business mind was and you kind of kept there. your books with your with your price labeling yeah i bought um <laughs> this was back oh god this was back with um probably windows 95 and they had some really cheesy programs that you can buy and they had price guides for that where you can you know select the item that you bought and put it in how much you bought it for and it would update with the you know monthly subscription, it would be linked to either Beckett or Wizard or whatever it was, and you can see like a little chart of how you know how you were doing. That's pretty cool. I like that. So, yeah. so then you cool. did you make big bucks on those cards, or do you still have them? Oh no, I didn't make very much because you know back then it was you know more of the whole oh this is my favorite guy, I want to get all of his cards and you know everything like that. So, you know, I remember being, you know, I'm, I've always been, uh, hockey is my biggest sport and Brian Leach was my favorite player. So I was always trading away cards of other players for Brian Leach cards and everything like that. So at one point I had like, you know, almost every card that was, you know, affordable to, you know, 10, 11 year old kid of him, but I never really did the whole, oh my God, this thing is going to be worth, uh, you know, a thousand dollars one day. So I'm going to buy five of them. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fun though, if you had, and then you would have had $5,000. Yeah. If you would have timed it right. I mean, That's it's true. the same thing. It's the same thing as investing in stocks. I mean, or real estate or yeah. Almost before anything. Barry, yeah. Before Barry Bonds got caught with the cheating, whatever his rookie cards were like, you know, four or $500. If they were certified mint, now you can get them for like $5. Yeah. Would have been so, bummer if you'd paid four or five hundred dollars and found out yeah. that he was. Uh, I don't know. Do they even dope in, in like baseball and other other sports other than like the Olympics? I guess there must be doping, but um, oh yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's such a yeah, weird thing a- to me. Like, I mean, I know like the steroids thing has been around for a long time. Like this doping thing has gotten so big in the last few years, and I had no idea what it was. It's, 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 like, <laughs> it's like it's like I get it. Like, you take your own blood and put it back into your body, so you have more red blood cells and all. But it's I don't like needles. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you took this, uh, this this love of card collecting. What was your next entrepreneurial adventure? Did you have a string of entrepreneurship, or did you then oh. that kind of petered out? And you went to school. What happened next? Yeah, from there I got into. Uh, let's say my attentions got diverted to girls and things like that. Um, <laughs> Different kind of profit seeking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. We don't want to put that out there. I don't want anybody thinking I was into anything like that. <laughs> oh, I meant like being a ladies' man, not like not oh, like okay. the financial side of, uh, of managing a staff of. Uh, yeah, no, that wasn't what yeah, I meant. No. 
Um, yeah, let's let's take it away from that direction. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Next on the it, personal profitability podcast, <laughs> how to make money in prostitution. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that topic. No, definitely not. But actually, for a while, my attentions diverted completely away. You know, between sports and girls and all that stuff during high school, you know, there was nothing really that would have pointed me towards, you know, any money making opportunities or anything like that. Closest thing that I, you know, that comes to that was I got a job when I was 15 working at McDonald's because it got me out of school and it gave me credit. Plus I got paid for it. So, you know, making money, getting credit, not having to sit in class. Yeah. Win, win, win. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a job in high school and uh, I was a cashier at Target. I started out on the sales floor, then moved to be a cashier because the hours were a little more flexible and uh, worked better with my homework schedule. <laughs> but, uh, and having to wake up at, you know, what, what, uh, I don't know what time did I wake up at? I mean, in swim season, I'd have uh, some days I was up by five, but um, most of the time it was like, I don't know, 6 a.m. I was up and being out late at work wasn't, uh, wasn't too good for that. But it did pay for my car insurance. Yeah. So and that was it why paid for. That was why I got the job. Car. Yeah. So it seems like I, I've talked to a lot of people. Their first jobs have to do with a car. Their parents are like, here, have a car, but you have to pay for the insurance and the gas and the maintenance. Or they're like, you can't have a car um, that we're going <laughs> to pay for. But if you pay for it, you can have whatever you want. That's, it seems like the uh, inspiration for a lot of first jobs. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't even the thing with me. My parents were just like, you know, we're not going to be giving you money for, you know, all this stuff that you want to do outside of, you know, work and athletics. So if you want to spend money on this, that or the other thing, you know, you're going to have to pay for it yourself because, and I'll be completely honest with you, amongst my friends, their parents were giving them the cars. I was, I had a 1986 Pontiac Sunbird was my first car that uh <laughs> needless to say were you cruising when, down uh, south beach well what's that street that goes along the beach there with all the bars oh, collins the yeah did you go down collins picking up girls and you're uh oh <laughs> no, no 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 i i was i was still living in staten island back then oh right um, different time period yeah um, i don't know where like, you cruise in staten island for girls I pretty know much Miami. Pretty much it's a different air. It's a different world up there. You know, there, you didn't really cruise for girls. <laughs> not, not like that. Had I tried to cruise for girls, I wouldn't have gotten any anyway. I was such a nerd in high school. Not that I'm not a nerd now. I it just, when girls get older, they, they realize that nerds are the ones that you want. And in high school, they haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Now <laughs> nerds are cool when you're uh, in your twenties and thirties. <laughs> everyone wants to be Mark Zuckerberg when they grow up and, and turn 31. You know, 32, mm. however old he is. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't even tell you how old he is. <laughs> I know he's about my age and I'm 31. Uh, yeah. Uh, seriously, though, I don't even want to talk about age because seven months from now, I'm leaving my 30s and it's not going to be fun. <laughs> big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you, I, I really you've, you've done a lot by that birthday, right? I mean, you see... So really. Well, let's, well, let's, let's back up again, re-Tarantino and going back in time. So, had, uh, you know, high school, not so entrepreneurial. What did no. you, um, what did you decide to go? Why, what did you pick as your major when you decided to go to school? 
accounting was always my major. So That's, why accounting? Um, well, my family was always in construction and between the end of high school and the beginning of freshman year of college, I went to work with um, a friend of the family for a week. That's all I lasted <laughs> because I could not deal with waking up at 4.45 in the morning and getting home at six o'clock in the evening and then hearing that nobody cares if it's raining or snowing or if it's 110 degrees out, we're still going to work and we're still doing this crap. And I said, yeah, that's not for me. I am I not. I feel bad for those guys. Sometimes when I, it happened more when I lived in Colorado and Oregon than here because the weather's good like all the time here. <laughs> but, but I'd go like I remember days I was like driving to work and um, I was going to go sit in my heated office all day and I'd go by a flagger you know at a road construction project and it was you know ten degrees and snowing out I was like oh that sounds like my heart goes out to them they're earning every dollar they get paid for sure <laughs> yeah now imagine that but being on a let's say a five story uh, school building or you know something even taller because we're talking about New York City so everything You're is getting whipped up by the wind and the, the yeah yeah i i would get why you lasted a week yeah i was just i was not having any of that i'd love to do it uh, for a day in the fall or the spring <laughs> when it's not windy just to like see it and experience it but that would be educational, not for uh, occupational. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even put that as um, educational. I would put that under um, either being under penalty or just being tortured. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, so, you, so you decided, you know, no, no construction, no manual labor. I, I don't know. Is that like the um, farthest thing from manual labor you could think of? So you're just like, all right, I'm going to do accounting. Well, that probably would have been performance art. It would probably be the complete opposite end of the spectrum. But I... I don't see you on stage. At, uh... um, no, we had a... In New York, they have this thing called Sing, which is an annual production that the grades, you know, every grade puts on and they compete ver against each other and everything like that. So it's freshman, sophomore versus juniors versus seniors. The f closest I got was being a light operator and a behind the scenes type deal with that. Uh, <laughs> actually, if you think about it, goes a lot with accounting. In accounting, you're doing some really important roles, but you are behind the scenes. You're not on the front lines interacting yeah. with customers and clients and vendors, but without you, the business would fall apart, just like uh, a tech crew on a show. Yeah. Well, except now I am all that stuff because, you know. Well, so, so, how did we, <laughs> so let's get to how we got there. So you, uh, you picked accounting. That was your thing. Um, yeah. What was your first um, job out of school? Actually, my first accounting position was for a family construction company, you know, for um, a family construction company that um, my uncle and cousin had run. And I was doing that because I was such a screw up at school that I needed to take some time off and, you know, slowly rebuild my GPA and everything in order to get back into a real program. <laughs> I left, I went to Buffalo for two years. When I left there, I had a 1.84 GPA. So it's rough. Um, you were, I'm sure you were having a lot of fun though at college, right? <laughs> that is why I had a sub two GPA. Yes. <laughs> so what did you, was, what was that experience like, you know, taking time off from school and, 
working and what would ultimately become your your field? I realized that there was a certain kind of accounting that I wanted to that I did not want to do, which what? was being a it was essentially being a private accountant, um, working for a single company and dealing with just the day to day stuff within that company. I was set on, you know, getting away from that, getting not going anywhere near corporate accounting. I wanted to be so in that's public what I did accounting for a little bit. Also, yeah, it was, it was kind of an accident that I was a corporate accountant. I was hired yeah, to be a financial analyst, and they um, promoted me and changed my title to senior general accountant. So that made it pretty yeah. clear what they thought what I was doing all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would bore the hell out of me because it's literally the same thing for the same people day in and day out. And I don't have ADD, but I do have sort of a shorter attention span when I'm not really interested. It was very regimented. Every month it was, you know, the same thing would happen every month for two to three weeks a month. And then one to two weeks a month, you'd be working on projects and things, but it was very repetitive. Yeah. Predictable. Uh, <laughs> if you like repetitiveness and predictability in your job, which some people really do, accounting is great for that. Yeah. And, you know, that at the same right time, point. well, at the same time, something like that, it also shows that, you know, why not everybody is meant to be a business owner because some people need that structure. They need to be told what to do, how to do it, when to do it by, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something like that is perfect for people who can't, I don't want to say can't be left to their own devices, but, you know, people some who people who do better with more structure. Yeah. Around yeah. what they do. Which, you know, and then there's, you know, like we talked about construction, you know, every, every career path has its merits for the right people, which is finding oh, your yeah. fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my philosophy is there's nothing that should be below anybody, you know, as long as you're earning a living, then by all means, I have, you know, I fully support stuff like that. It's, you know, people who sit there and bitch and moan like, oh, I don't belong doing this. I belong doing greater things. Well, guess what? If you belong doing greater things, then you'd, you'd be, be there doing it. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, 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 my most humbling job I've ever had was uh, I spent seven summers on the staff at a Boy Scout camp for the Denver area. And you really do every job when you're there. I started yeah. you know, teach it as a counselor and training, teaching merit badges, um, ended being, you know, I ran the camp stores. I, I was a director of, of a few different areas by my end of my time there. But uh, one thing that I learned very quickly is you are not too good for any job if you work at a camp. Uh, doesn't matter what your, you know, the, it says other duties as assigned on pretty much every job contract you'll ever get in your life. And when your boss says scrub the bottom of the utility sink, um, then you <laughs> scrub the bottom of the utility sink, even yeah. though you think it's a total waste of time, which I still do to this day. That time I had to scrub the utility sink, but the boss <laughs> said to do it. Hey. You know, if you're if you're not the boss, then you got to do whatever the boss tells you to do if you want to get paid. And I got my five dollars a week for that that summer. Hey, you earned it. I did. I got, <laughs> I got my uniform cost more than my uh, my entire paycheck for the whole summer combined. Kind of, a, but that's Boy Scouts. It's not a normal job. No. Um, so no. a summer camp counselor is not a typical career. <laughs> no, no, not not once you get out of uh, high school, freshman year, college type 
areas like that. Yeah, so you, um, speaking of college, so you took that time, worked for the family friends business and accounting. What'd you do next? Uh, while I was doing that, I was going to a community college, you know, retaking the courses that I had screwed up uh, the first time around. Then I worked my way back into a full four-year university. And midway through that experience, because it was only the last two years since I got my associate's degree, I had gotten my first real accounting job in a CPA firm. And was it like one of the chance. big four or was it? No, 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 no. I, I had no interest in that. I, I wanted to, to be uh, local slash regional. You know, I didn't want, uh, you know, like a two person firm because I wanted that to be some growth opportunities, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to feel like a cog in the machine of, okay. uh, you know, just be nameless and, you know, faceless or anything like that. Okay. So they took so, a chance on me. And how did it turn out? It turned out fine until the whole market crash in uh, 09, or was it 08? Was that company very you know focused on that industry that part? Of- no, 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 no. This was a um, it was a midsize CPA firm had you know lots of clients ranging from the small little medical practice to uh, a couple of resorts. They had a client who owned a restaurant and a hotel in Key West. So I love Key West. Um, <laughs> yeah, once you live down here, to me, you know, it's it's all the same as the beaches in Fort Lauderdale and Miami. And I, I personally don't go anywhere into Miami ever anymore. I feel like if uh, <laughs> if Margaritaville were a place you could go to, it would be a lot like Key West. <laughs> I mean, aside from the restaurants that you can go to. Even yeah, if, I guess there's a. I heard there's a big hotel on uh, Hollywood Beach now. It's Margaritaville, but that's not the same as the vibe in Key West. No, 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 no. I don't go it's, there for the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally different uh, once you get down there. Yeah. So, um, so what what happened in the market was uh, the company just take a big hit and they had to lay you off. What was? Yeah, pretty much. You know, because of the housing market and the um, the stock market and everything, you know, people lost huge sums of money. You know, There's some people went higher bills to CPAs anymore. Oh, just just business is going out of business. You know, business is shuttering up because you know people weren't spending and they couldn't support uh, you know the business without the those customers and everything so the clientele kind of shrunk a little bit and the business took a hit so being the youngest and the last one hired i first one out exactly funny how it works so how'd you bounce back what was your next step uh the this was after going and getting a drink that didn't have any ice Well, back then I wasn't really that smart, so I kind of had ice in my drinks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've learned since then. But it comes with age. Yeah, that was after that. It was my first real taste of uh, entrepreneurship and figuring out that it's not as easy as everybody says it is. Um, Can you repeat that one more time for everyone? Because I, I hear and I read a lot. You know, there's these great websites yes. that are full of resources. They're like, you know, start your website today and within six months, you'll be making 10000 a month. Could you say that yes. one more time for people who have seen that? Absolutely. 
running a business is not as easy as everybody makes it out to be. There are parts that are amazing about it, but there's, there's definitely challenges. Yes. Well, there are two things that I cannot stand about all of those quote machine little meme things and all that stuff that's out on the internet. The other day you were raging against like a boss. I have to say that's one of my favorites. Yes. I just think that's hilarious. (laughs) 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 Have you seen the video? No. Oh, after we're done. Um, and anyone who's listening, uh, Check out the video if you are not easily offended because it's full of adult themes and language and content. But Google, like a boss, there was a music video and a song that was <laughs> done by Lonely Island, the, the trio that was on Saturday Night Live. And uh, that's where it started. Uh, yeah, see, I, I like Thing in a Box. They're the same, same people. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That that one, that's the Justin Timberlake one, right? Yeah. You, you know what funny story? You know who showed me that? Um, that one, the first time I ever saw it was a uh, was an ex girlfriend's dad who was my girlfriend at the time. Not a rabbi, but oh, a, okay. uh, a middle school <laughs> teacher who was my sister's old teacher. Oh, um, he he thought this was hilarious. Like hey, Eric, come on in here. Pulled me into his office and put that video on, and I was like, "What?" It was brand new. I, I, you know, I was like, of all people, you thought I should see this? Who's dating your daughter? <laughs> hey. You, you gotta love somebody who has a sense of humor. Totally. Like that. And that can, that cannot be like, Oh my God, that's so offensive. I'm, I'm like 90 years old. No, I can't watch stuff like that. What was you know, kind of was funny like, about that was, uh, he taught it. I, he was never my teacher, but he taught at the middle school I went to. So, um, after college, there were times that you know, they'd have like a dinner party kind of thing or a get together. There'd be a bunch of my old teachers there and, uh, they could see how oh, it boy. turned out. Which was a lot better than they had probably expected. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, show you what to uh, think about me when you give me a B. I should have had an A. I, I didn't forget about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, all that stuff is in the past. I don't think about that stuff anymore. <laughs> I couldn't even remember what I got on any kind of a test, except for my, obviously, my GPA from Buffalo, because it's just ingrained in my mind now. <laughs> but it's a life lesson. It was a, You wouldn't be where yeah. you are today without that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so... Um, so when you started the business, it was harder than most people realize. Did you oh, yeah. start your current business at that point or was there something else going on? Uh, that was the first of my three incarnations of my current business. <laughs> so what did that incarnation look like? It looked like utter and total crap. <laughs> and we and, all learn we have to start somewhere. Yeah, and I I can laugh about it because I'll be the first person to laugh at myself. It was the most ridiculously contrived thing I have ever seen in my life. Well, what it, what um, was it? How what was so ridiculous? Just everything. The website that I had done. This was accounting, right? You were yeah. trying to do accounting for independent businesses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was the crappiest half-assed website I had ever seen after I had done it. Um, I think it it was, yeah, yeah. I think it was done in publisher and then it was published to like a hosting site or something like that. I can't even remember because this was like in, you know, 2008. So site technology was a little different then. Yeah. Yeah. And my business cards were those. 
those cheap free yeah the ones with the you know with the vista print information uh on the back of them i remember those <laughs> and you know and that was the second version the first version i tried to do was printing them myself off of the avery the perforated sheets <laughs> so yeah needless to say i didn't get any business off of that whatsoever so <laughs> so then i took a temporary job with a guy who had a pretty large firm up in new york he had a firm on madison avenue actually he dealt with like a lot of uh big time uh businesses up there and he was trying to expand down here and that just didn't work for me because it, it was just it was too much you know he didn't want to spring for a staff and he wanted you know he was very technologically savvy and very much ahead of the times mm-hmm. but even still you need time to acclimate somebody to your processes and everything like that and he just threw me into the deep end and i said look I, I can't do this, you know, not the way that you're looking for and not the way that I want to be able to do something. So I parted ways with him, you know, nobody had any bad feelings. We shook hands and yeah. went our separate ways. That you know, happens in business more yeah. often than people realize, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I learned something from that too. doesn't make and anyone a failure to change direction. It just means something didn't work. Yeah. And, you know, the big lesson I took away from that was no matter how smart you think you are, no matter how good looking you think you are, no matter Which how I am fast or strong, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to let that one slide for now. Um, well, at least I have a good name. You agree with me on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that no matter what you are in any aspect of your life, there's always going to be something that you cannot do. And there's always going to be something out there that somebody else is better than you at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the sooner you realize it, the better off you're going to be in life. Uh, it's important to recognize, you know, what you are best. It's like economies of scale. If you go back to like Econ 101, there are some company countries that might make and I'm trying to think of a uh, good analogy here. Robots. J- Japan might be the best company at making robots. And America might be America. United States might be the best company country. See, this is how my brain works. I'm thinking about business <laughs> so much. I can't even say country. America, the company. <laughs> you know, there's another com- country that might make um, cars better. Let- let's give America the benefit of the doubt on that one. Even though I have, would never buy another American car after my experience. Let's just say America's good at cars. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have Japanese cars. So, so the opposite of this analogy. But you yeah. know, if Japan's really good at making robots and the United States is really good at making cars, maybe Japan shouldn't try to make a bunch of cars and America shouldn't try to make a bunch of robots. They should make what they're best at and trade them. Exactly. And that's exactly what we do in business, just at a very different scale. You know, with our yes. services. So I might be the best finance writer, but I might be a horrible bookkeeper and need to hire someone like Eric. Does that mean I'm a failure because I don't know how to do my books? <laughs> no, it means I need a little help and I, I'm better at something and another thing. You know, most people, I like to think I'm really good at everything because I figured out how to do it on myself, but that doesn't mean that I've been the best at doing everything myself. Right. Right. And, you know, there's, 
and it goes into all parts of life. I mean, it goes, I mean, me as a single guy, you were, you're, you know, haven't been there for a while, but you know, there's always somebody that's going to be better looking than you. Um, I disagree. If, <laughs> you can disagree all you want. Uh, it's the truth though. Uh, <laughs> unless your name is who, who's hit. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who the latest, like the sexiest man alive would be. Whoever that one is, they're the only one that could say that there's nobody better looking than them. And they should uh, be the one playing <laughs> me in the movie about me then. <laughs> yes. Yeah, except they're probably much taller than you. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I got Jewish height, which limits me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it goes into sports. Even if you're down at the Y or at the schoolyard playing basketball, you know, don't get too full of yourself because somebody's going to come down and they're going to school you if you run your mouth too much. Yeah. You know, all different aspects of life, that one lesson applies universally. So with your current business, what what parts do you focus on yourself and what parts have you looked elsewhere for? I don't need to look elsewhere for anything. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so there there there's that uh um yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I I do all of my client work myself. Because when people come to me, they're coming for that. They're not coming to me to hand off my work to somebody else. Right. The same way that if you get a job with one of the big sites, mm -hmm. they're paying for you to write, not for you to go onto Upwork and pay somebody $10 to write an article for you and then for you to turn it around and flip it for $500. You know, they're I looking. the secret out to that one yet. I haven't tried. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's because there is no secret. It doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're paying for me because it's not, you know, it's not a product. You know what I'm saying? Where it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, what store it gets, you know, it gets uh, sold from. The product is all going to be the same. When people interview me to see if I'm the right fit for them, that's what they're expecting. Mm -hmm. So I can't outsource any of my workflow to anybody else. But in terms of other things like the, like my website design or stuff like that, that stuff I don't really do myself other than, you know, a few tweaks here and there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, main stuff, I'm not going to sit there and try to spend 15 hours to do one page because it's not worth my time. Totally get that. I remember the, there's a Pat Flynn, um, who I, I seem to mention on almost every episode. He's a great guy. I was, I hung out with him a few weeks ago in Chicago. We'll see him at FinCon that he has this great story. That's just like that. He used to do it all himself and was building his whole website. And a, an advertiser asked if he could move something from one part of the sidebar to the other side of the post. And he's like, Oh yeah, no problem. And he spends like 15 hours working on it. Before he gives up and he just hires someone and pays them like a hundred dollars and they do it in less than 15 minutes. He's like, I should have yeah. just paid the hundred bucks and saved the 15 hours. And to be honest, that's what I tell everybody who says, I can do my own books. I can do this myself. It's not that hard. There's this program and that program and the other programs. I say to them, here's the situation. And I always use writing because it's, you know, that seems to be what most of my clients do, mm -hmm. or at least a big part of what they do. If you can write an article in an hour and you get paid $400 for that article, so let's say two hours of your time, you bring in 80, $800. Mm -hmm. 
And it takes you two hours every month to go through your books and, you know, reconcile your accounts and code everything. Two hours, you're losing $800 potentially if you spend, you know, your, if you could two have hours. had that time filled with a client. Right. Now I charge you, I come along, I say, I'll charge you $300 a month to do all of your accounting and everything. Guess what? You're coming out ahead $500. And that's just in one day. Oh, in one month. Right. I mean, in that example of something that would have taken two hours. Yeah. So, you know, imagine if you have more work or if you charge more for your services, you know, that's one of the biggest mistakes that people do is trying to do everything themselves. And I can understand in the beginning, it's hard. I've told people, you don't belong hiring an accountant. I've told them that you don't belong hiring me because you're not in that position yet. You know, if somebody's got, you know, five transactions a month, that's something that you can do on a spreadsheet and not have any reservations about, mm-hmm. you know. But when it comes to people who have, you know, full-fledged businesses that, you know, they're selling stuff, you know, every day or three times a week, they're getting, you know, sales and they have five or six different writing clients or they're producing, you know, videos for people and stuff like that. And, you know, they have constant workflow. Those are the people that need to be like, Hey, I can't waste my time on this anymore because I'm losing money on these, on this proposition. Right. I totally get that. That's a, uh, that's a great lesson. And actually, it's also a, uh, a great, um, I think getting, getting to a great wrapping up point. People should, I didn't know this is where we were going to end up with this one, but um, <laughs> with Eric's journey, you know, he's he's built that successful accounting business, and it's, it's true. There's some things you need to outsource, like accounting. I mean, most most people don't have senior general accountant on their resume, like I do. Um, <laughs> if you don't have that on your resume, doing your own books that's it's a serious um, it's a serious deal. And if you do it wrong, you get in trouble with the IRS. You know if you know, if anything in life, you don't want to be in trouble with the federal government. I just feel like that's that's good for everybody to avoid. But at the same time, if there's something you're really good at and you really love doing and you and you're passionate about, like like Eric's done here with his accounting business, and I've been doing with my writing and website design for a while now. Yeah, so it's it's important to you know have those people you can look to when you need help, and it's important to be that person that people will come to for whatever your thing is. And that is, you know, the essence of side hustling and entrepreneurship and starting a business is you do something really well. You have a product or a service that you offer. You have a way to get that to your client and a way to get paid for it and actual clients, not just, you know, a dream of, Oh, I want people to pay me to blow bubbles. You know, no one's going to pay you for that. Um, maybe Cirque du Soleil, but, um, <laughs> you, you need a, a business that has as viable. Um, clients and a service that people need and people need accounting people need you know businesses need content um, yeah. and that's that's how Eric and Eric the two of the two E's <laughs> have uh, have ended up that's how we get them. down totally and then uh, and then we meet up at, at places like FinCon and, and we and we toast a uh, a Jack Daniels with no ice and a beer and um, yeah I mean to be honest there if there's one thing that I would say to people it's this you know when it comes to that whole situation if you're trying to convince people to buy your service, then, you know, it works both ways. You know, you can't convince somebody else to buy your service if you're not 
doing the same thing with other people's services. You know, if you're trying to do everything yourself, what, you know, how are you coming around to say, oh, I do everything myself, but you shouldn't because you're not me. I mean, you know, that's what it comes down to. And it's like, what the heck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> and I pay, I have uh, more recurring expenses than I probably should that I pay other people to, to help me out where I need it with things like social media and uh, podcast editing and, and such. And that's, that's part of running a business is learning how to, how to funnel your, to reinvest in your business to let it grow with you focusing on what you do best. So yeah, if you exactly. want to learn more about what Eric does best in his accounting business and his, his entrepreneurial journey and experience online, um, he has a few places you can find him. Where should they look for you, Eric? Well, for accounting, strictly accounting, it's accountlancer.com. And that's my actual business where I deal with uh, tax preparation and accounting for freelance, com- you know, for the freelance community and some others, depending on if I feel like working with a specific group or person, which after all, that's why I started my own business. So I didn't have to deal with what was given to me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and the other place is entrepreneurity.com. It is a new site that I developed for entrepreneurs who are looking to start or manage and run their businesses better, considering that every other site focuses on either sales or everything under the sun, and you can never find your basic information. Other than that, you know, I don't like... I don't like to stretch myself too thin. You know, all, all my social media sites are on the websites, both on Entrepreneurity's website and Account Lance's website. People can find articles about me, about my business and, you know, why I do certain things and, you know, why I did those projects and everything like that. And then they can find me from there on Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook and Instagram and, you know, whatever else the newest thing may be. Although I'm not very quick to adapt, I must say, because <laughs> in that regard, I am an old fuddy duddy. I don't like to jump on something as soon as it comes out because I like to strategize and see where my clientele is going to be. That's great. Well, everyone, so, there you have it. Eric Nysol, you can catch him at accountlancer.com for accounting. And, uh, and and find the rest of his, his entrepreneurship journey and advice online as well. It has been so great to have you here. I know my beer is um, is not quite as low as it should be for, for having sat here for 45 minutes. <laughs> so um, so I'm going to have to get, get chug-a-lugging, and I imagine your your drink is the same room temperature it was when you poured it. So, no, Jack's gone. Jack went home already. That's already left. And, yeah. uh, and in your time zone, it's, it's about the end of the day, and I, I still have a little bit longer to go. So... Um, we will call it a show here. Thanks, Eric, for being a part of it. Thanks, listeners, for listening to the end. If you love the show, I'd love to have your rating on iTunes. If, if you think we deserve five stars, if not, shoot me an email. Let me know you think I can do better. Eric at personalprofitability.com. And we will see you next time. But until then, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.